Howdy, folks. For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Throughout today's performance, please refrain from buzzing, stinging, and pollinating. And no chirping. Thank you. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks that we know and love today. I am Dewey, one of the hosts of the show, and we are coming from, for me, I'm coming from my home in Delaware, and this is episode number 37 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Along with us today, or along with me today, are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony. Ron's coming from his home down south in Tennessee. How's it going, Ron? Going well. Looking forward to talking with you guys this morning. Uh, it's been too long, but I'm glad we're getting together today. It has been a while. It, I don't. What's uh, let's see. We the last episode was episode 36 was Pandora, and gosh, it seems like it's been probably a month since yeah. we recorded that right so it's been so busy for all of us but oh yeah well i went back to school so you know uh teaching yeah, and, and we know that the world revolves around dewey hey hey Dewey's busy hold on <laughs> just a second i was going to start with me and then i was going to throw it over to you no need to get all <laughs> all upset there ron goodness gracious i um, know i'm no. not the only one <laughs> yeah, so I was just meaning that in the summer, I have a better opportunity to, you know, I, I'm pretty free to do do whatever. Um, now that I'm back to school, it's busy, like you are busy, Ron, right? Yeah, we all are. I was just having some fun, but um, yeah, it's it's the winter's upon us. For me, life hopefully is going to slow down a little bit, but. It's been crazy the last few months. Yeah, um, it's currently right now, we're recording on uh, Saturday morning. It's uh, September 24th. And the current weather here in um, the North Pole, I mean, Delaware, is 50 degrees. 50 degrees in September. That is unacceptable. Anyway, my other podcast travel buddy coming to us from new york which is probably as cold up there as it is here in the frozen tundra of delaware how's it going there tony it looks like it's only two degrees different actually we're 52 degrees out here oh nice and balmy 
which which is which is a, a big difference compared to I think the last time that we were all talking, it was it was uh, as hot as it would be in Africa or Afghanistan. We, we mentioned. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> I was wondering why you were fanning yourself because it's a balmy fifty-two yeah, degrees exactly. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, the South is not much warmer this morning. It's only fifty-six here. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now we're going to get up to eighty-one today. Nice. 81 is about perfect. That's like the sweet spot. You yeah. Know? Uh, 75 to 80. I like that. That's That's me too. I, uh, you know, anything under 75, I'll probably have a sweatshirt on. So, uh, you no, know, I have to, as much as I hate to admit this, my, my blood has definitely thinned and I've gotten used <laughs> to the warmer weather because I freeze when we go to Ohio now. Well, so wow. that's what's crazy is, uh, you know, I I constantly complain about being cold, basically from September to May up here in Delaware, <laughs> and, and they're like, "You'll get used to it." And I'm like, "Uh, hold on, I've been here 21 years. <laughs> I don't get used to it." Well, you I'm have like, to be open oh, getting used to it. I am not open to getting used to it. <laughs> Two years, eight months, I'm out of here. Not that I'm counting. No, and then you get to get to be in the heart of where we all would love to be on a daily basis that is the plan my friend we'll uh we'll see how things work out but that is definitely the plan dewey's got his wall scratched out like that uh like like in lost all the little numbers so. oh yeah like like when you're in prison and you scratch <laughs> the days off on on your prison cell yeah that's what <laughs> that's what it looks like here delaware is my prison cell and i'm scratching off the days brother for sure. All right. So this week on the show, we're going to do something. I don't know if it's be a little bit different. Maybe it's it's going to be a different format, kind of, because we're not really going to have any kind of script or anything like that. We're just going to we want to have a conversation and just have some fun with it. Talking about the big October 1st date coming up here. Like I said, today. We're recording on September 24th, so it's just about a week away. October 1st will be the 40th anniversary of uh, my favorite park, and uh, I, I I know you guys are fond of it. I don't think it's your favorite park, but Epcot Center turns 40 years old on October 1st, having opened on October 1st, 1982, and... Is it just me or does 1982 not sound like 40 years ago? Certainly not. I, that was it, my first year of college. And I'm like, how was that 40 years ago? There's no way, dude. There's no 40, way. If, yeah, yeah. No, it should not be 40 years because that makes me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to say it. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Uh, if, you, if we don't say it out loud, then it's not real, right? You're right. Yeah, it, but it's crazy. It just doesn't seem to me like, you know. I mean, I guess that's because we're old, but it doesn't seem like 40 years ago was the 80s. Seems like the 80s were, you know. Yeah, just, just recently. That's because right everything 80s us. has come back. So it, it, it has come it, back. You know. My daughters listen no more 80s music than I know. I <laughs> My daughter has a cassette tape Walkman. Now, wow. mind you, she has an iPhone that has, you know, <laughs> unlimited storage almost. And she does have, uh, we have a, 
a family plan, a family account for Spotify. So she literally has access to basically every song ever written. And this chick is walking around with a cassette Walkman. And and uh, my wife found uh, some of her old cassette tapes at some point. One is like, uh, well, wake me up before you go-go. You know, you remember Wham? <laughs> so she's yeah. got that cassette tape, and she's bebopping around to Wham on her cassette tape player. And it's 2022, and I pay an I pay a premium price for her to have a cell phone with Spotify on it. So now, if she had a cassette tape of Garth Brooks, that Brooks, that may make a little bit of sense because you can't get any of his music streaming. The, only on Amazon. He's exclusive. Oh, he is Amazon. on Amazon. That's it. Know. That's it. Yeah, exclusive. Ooh. Um, I did just give her a a cassette tape. I, I found it in a, in a box that I was going through a couple of days ago. Uh, it's a cassette tape that my band, when I was 17 or 18 years old, uh, went into the studio and, and recorded four songs. And so I found that cassette and I was like, hey, I got a cassette for you. And uh, she wasn't amused. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now I wish I could. Find, I know we're going down a path that's. Yeah. But I wish I could find one of those old mixtapes that you had to do back in the day when you had to hit play and record at the same time to record your song off the radio. Dude, I made a million of those. And I think when the CD was, you know, came out and when I got a CD player in my in my truck yeah. when I was, you know, 17 years old, that was a game changer. And I was like, don't need these anymore. And I threw yeah. out like all the cassettes, you know, I was an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And then the CD burner, which changed the whole ass. Yes. Because then you could skip around in your own playlist. Now, of course, they're 100% digital and it's not near as much fun. Just right. Well, so actually, as much as this the- seems like it's off topic, it's not really because if you think about it, the park that we're talking about was the place where the future was to be found. And technologies such as uh, the advanced cassette player that you could walk around with was probably something that they highlighted in one of their displays. Absolutely. And you down on Tony to bring it back in. Re- Dude, re- like re- this guy could host the Tonight Show. He, <laughs> he just brought it right back in, didn't he? Nice work, Tony. But yeah, I, I guarantee you the Sony Walkman was highlighted there in uh, in Communicore or something. You're probably right, Tony. I remember it well, and we can talk about that, but I remember they had a car of the future, and I I just don't have the memory to remember, like, you guys, what pavilion and what queue and, and all that you guys have remembered somehow. But I do remember that there was a car of the future displayed somewhere that had some really cool that was old stuff that is is actually there now that was it uh world of motion they had it almost or not almost just like out when you finish test track they have all the chevrolet vehicles out there when you got off a of world of motion is where you all those futuristic cars and the, the car of tomorrow and stuff was so um, it was funny because I remember they had a re- literally a record player sitting in the console. To <laughs> yeah, of course it didn't want a record player that was set there, but it was, the CD basically was a record. Absolutely. So, Ron, is that so? Here's what we're going to do. Basically, we're just uh, I just made a list of three of my favorite things. 
um, that I remember or think about when I remember and reflect on uh, original Epcot or Epcot over the last 40 years. So uh, as we uh, get into our old man ramblings about the 80s and jumping into our DeLorean and going back in time and all that kind of stuff, that's what we're planning for today. We're just going to talk about some of our favorite memories or some of our favorite things about Epcot. Today's show is all about honoring and remembering Epcot Center, the uh, the best Disney park ever. So that's what we're doing today. So, Ron, is that one of yours? Is that one of yours? The the car of tomorrow? Were you going to bring that up, or was that just something that just it was just something that popped into my head? But it's definitely part of what I would consider what I really like about the um, parking in itself. All right, so. Um, well then let's just jump in. Let's get started. Who wants to go first? Any, you guys want to, uh, take a shot at going first and tell us one of the, one of your favorite memories or favorite things that you remember about Epcot Center from the last 40 years? Well, I, I can actually, uh, uh, chime in here. My nephew had gotten to visit Epcot when it was just the, the front section I'm, I'm blanking out on just like ron i'm blanking out on the names of all these things but it was uh the uh, the international section was not up yet it was just the, the front of it and he had taken he had he had rented a video camera with him on that trip um and had videotaped um the entrance to it from the parking lot and some of the whatever they allowed them to to get video of at that time and i remember looking at the giant sphere thinking that everything that he showed me took place in there because as he said that's Epcot Center and uh, everything is through these gates so I said okay so you go through the gates and you go into this gigantic sphere and everything that you just showed me all these World's Fair things that you're showing me are inside that sphere I couldn't place it until I was actually physically there you know uh, almost a decade later hey what year did the World Showcase open then? Probably well, it, with it, but this was just like a preview thing he got to see. Oh, okay. Like a cast member preview, right? Okay. Uh, he wasn't a cast member, but he, they, for some reason, they allowed them to go. I, if I can ever dig, dig up that tape, I'll see what exactly it was. But it was before um, it had fully opened. So, Tony, I'm, I, I find it strange that you that you thought everything was in that building why didn't you why didn't you just google it and, and find out the real answer <laughs> <laughs> well because google at the time was a library where yeah. I, actually, I used to actually work at the library and there weren't any books about that stuff in there no i've got books at the, no, at the library books. i mean i could look at the microfiche and probably find something but <laughs> i don't think they uh, oh gosh microfiche do you guys even know what that is wow that's uh, what, yeah I, I when I was working on my uh, undergrad, I, I had to do uh, an internship at the the Delaware Archives. So I got, I went through a bunch a, a million of those uh, microfiche things. So I know what you're talking about, Tony. But and there was I'm two also, types. There was just the the little film that you would slip yes. in, and then there was the rolls that right you have to do like a film strip. They had different names, of course. I don't remember them anymore. But when I was in in high school, I worked at the at the high school library. And uh, I used to have to deal with those. You used to put them in order, for that matter. <laughs> so, so I'm just, I'm just having fun, just making, making a joke, Tony. But you, I mean, you, 
and I remember coming back from my first trip to Disney World, and none of my family or friends had never been there before. So, you know, when we got back, everybody's asking us questions and stuff. And it's it's almost like you just described. It's not like I could say, well, here, we'll look it up on the Internet. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll show you pictures of what I'm talking about. And we didn't have our pictures to our personal pictures to show them. Because they were being developed, right? <laughs> he had dropped them off at Kmart, and we would pick them up next week. You know, so and I half of them would have a finger in front of them. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And they come out blurry or terrible, and most of it, you know, and you spent all that money just to get a shot of nothing. I'm so excited about all these pictures I took of the fireworks. I can't wait to look at them. Yeah. And, and none of them came out. Yeah. So, so I know what you're talking about. Like you couldn't. You couldn't picture it in, you know, you in your head because you couldn't go to Google Maps and look at an overhead picture and, you know, all of that stuff. It, there was, you know, no way to to, you know, you're using your imagination as your you said, just your nephew, yeah. uh, as your nephew described it to you. You know, you're using your imagination. You're like, so all of this stuff is that a great big golf ball. Yeah, the big golf yeah. ball. That's everything's in there. Yeah, the absolutely. thing is, you can't really even, as you just touched on, you can't really explain Epcot Center really because I know even talking as late as the early 2000s, I had a, a teacher friend from California. She was very familiar with Disneyland and she made her first trip to Epcot. We met her there to take her around. And she didn't really want to go to Epcot. She said, oh, that sounds like it's just an educational thing. And I'm a teacher, so why do I need to go in there for? I, you know, and I, I had a, when she, when I took her to that park, she found it to be the best one that she had ever seen. And she'd been to, to the, you know, Disneyland and to, and we'd taken her to the Magic Kingdom and some of the other places, but she loved Epcot. Yeah. Uh, edutainment, as they called mm -hmm. it, right? Edutainment. So it was educational but it entertained you or is entertaining, but it also taught you, you know, however you wanted to look at it. Well, I don't think there's any way you can expect what's in there when you go with there, because it's so grand and huge and divided in theme that you're not necessarily thinking that you're going to learn about the future as well as learn about the rest of the world. When you're there, you don't necessarily think you're going to do that when you go to on vacation to a, to a theme park. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, that's a good one, Tony. That's funny. That's a cool memory. Uh, Ron, you want to go next? Sure. I think um, for me, I got to go. We went to the World's Fair in 1982, and it seems like we went to um, Epcot later in the same year, but it may have been in 83 that we actually went. In any case, it was very early on. and. Um, I just remember being kind of with the, the car of the future, just really enjoying seeing what the predictions were for the future and, and how now looking back, how almost like a back to the future type experience that is because that almost everything that they talked about, we do. Now, you know, I remember them having phones where you could talk to each other via video and it being the norm. Wow. I don't know that video one on one video conferencing is that popular. Definitely Zoom, which they predicted has um, 
taken over the with the pandemic and and really has taken over communications within the business world for video conferencing and I can even remember um, not too long ago, less than 10 years ago, maybe even less than five years ago, getting a video conference set up in an office place was fairly complex in of itself. And not everybody, it was normally executives that had access to that, not just every employee. Now every employee just gets a camera and, a, and you can set up. So I think that's what I found most interesting. What I found disappointing as a 18-year-old kid was it was not a lot of rides. And it was entertaining, but it wasn't, which I don't guess I went there looking, or maybe I did. I don't know that what I was looking for in particular, because there wasn't, even though people knew what Epcot was, they didn't know what Epcot was. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. And, and so um, going, having gone to the world's fair, I was not expecting the world's fair, but that's really uh, Explaining it as a world's fair back in the early days is exactly what it was because you had the the pavilions with all the different countries. And for whatever reason, I didn't find that as I found it entertaining, but I found some of the countries just didn't do as good of a job of portraying things like I was very interested in um, you all things US if that is, mm -hmm. you know and so so you're ethnocentric yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah so i i that's what i find found you know and then of course the the big golf ball was just overwhelming because you just don't didn't see things like that a lot but and you're actually uh ron you're kind of leading right into uh, my first thing on my list is one of the my favorite memories or what I love about Epcot Center is uh, it, it is that original concept is that uh, and not meaning the original concept of what Walt Disney thought it was going to be because he literally thought it was uh, didn't think he, they were literally planning a city. It wasn't right. a theme park. So right. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the original uh, Walt Disney's original concept. Um, obviously, we never got to see that come to fruition. Uh, what I'm talking about is <clears throat> after the world lost Walt Disney, uh, the Imagineers wanted to still wanted to do something with his uh, idea of Epcot and look toward the future, but uh, they they steered away from the grand and ambitious uh, city of Epcot. And changed it into the the, the theme park that uh, we fell in love with, and that's the original concept I'm talking about. So you had Future World in the front, which was you know the Spaceship Earth, and 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 you know when you walk through the gates and all those attractions of Future World, uh, and then the second part of of Epcot Center was World Showcase. So it really did have that World's Fair vibe or that World's Fair. And I, I, that's really what the Imagineers were going for, because uh, Ron, like you, you went to, didn't you say you, it was Knoxville? World yeah, Fair, Knoxville. 
I went to the World's Fair in New Orleans in 1984. So very, and that was before my first time to Disney. So uh, okay, um, I had never experienced Epcot or anything before. Uh, and like Tony, I didn't Google it. Um, so the the World's Fair I was familiar with because I had gone to one in New Orleans in 1984. And so when I got to Epcot the first time, I it kind of felt familiar. You know, it it, it had that, you know, because at a World's Fair and many of our listeners, maybe you've never been to one, but, it, you know, companies or countries or whatever, any entity could enter into the World's Fair if they wanted to show off a new technology or to, you know, uh, sell cars, you know, automakers were there. And then at oftentimes cities or states could have a pavilion. And, and then other countries would have pavilions. So it was really the idea, the original concept of Epcot Center was like a World's Fair. You've had, you had the World Showcase that was obviously showcasing different countries in the world, just like countries could, could do at a World's Fair. And then in Future World, you had companies sponsoring these pavilions just like they would in uh, in a world's fair you know we we've talked about it at length and we know that uh well the Walt Disney company you know uh, created uh, several of the attractions uh at the 1964 world's fair for companies like ford and you know they created those attractions at, at GE which was carousel progress so it was big companies that had these pavilions and they were trying to really what they were doing is trying to sell their products. And they did that through, you know, fantastical uh, pavilions. And that's exactly what Epcot Center was. It, it, it was modeled after those pavilions up front and, and for future world. And then the, the country pavilions and world showcase. So that is my probably uh, the the coolest thing about Epcot, I loved it. It was, had that that uh, World's Fair vibe, and absolutely loved it. And, and I fell in love with it the the first day I walked into that park. You know, little eleven year old uh, Dewey, and uh, it was my favorite park then, and it's been my favorite park for my entire life. So that's the my first memory or my, my first thing that I love about. Epcot Center is that uh, it was so ambitious. It was so, it was unlike anything you've ever been to before. You know, I've been to Six Flags. I've been to Silver Dollar City. I've been to Dorney Park and Dutch Wonderland. I've been to a ton of different theme parks. And I've been to theme parks around the world. I've been to theme parks in Belgium and Germany too. And Epcot Center was something that nobody else had. It was like nothing else before. So that was my number one thing on my list was just the original concept. It was, it was original and unique and it was truly special. Epcot in the eighties and nineties was truly special. So that's my, uh, that's my number one. So uh, Tony, I think we're back to you. You want to, you want to jump in with uh, another thing that you remember or love about Epcot? Sure. One of the, uh, my favorite things that I used to do there, um, actually that I have the fondest memory of, is uh, going around to the different worlds and eating at them. 
um, especially what there was a, a particular time that my family had gotten the there was a, a dining plan that Disney had offered and this one was included in our ticket price so we basically were able to dine wherever we wanted to it was already paid for so we, we were able to dine all around the world with that and that was fantastic and I think on that trip though um, we spent more time at the restaurants than we did dining i'm sorry than we did riding any of the attractions or seeing anything but epcot has some really wonderful restaurants in it or at least did back in the day uh and uh they were the kind of cuisine that you don't necessarily think you're going to find in a theme park it was and and the fact that it was international i mean i still have memories of that meal at la cellier or even at the um the, the the bistro or some of the places that I wouldn't necessarily go to here, I got them at Epcot and it was great. It was great stuff. Dude, for real. How can you not love the food of World Showcase? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good one. All right, Ron. I think um, you're up. Yeah. So probably one of my fondest memories of Epcot, even though I'm, not a huge fan of the world showcase and i can't explain why i think i would am now more than i would be at any other point in my life but we had taken a trip to disney and an extended trip i think it was 10 plus days and so i really wanted the girls were at ripe age to go and learn some culture so they had um Past books that basically they look like a um, passport for kids to go and get stamped at each country. Oh, and so we had the girls each get a passport and had them go and talk because the the representatives were actually um, college students that were doing some type, probably, I think, if I remember this correctly, um, were paid to come over and intern at Disney and work that country from that country. And so it was cool to let the girls get to interact with people from all the different countries and see them get to get their passport um, um, stamped. And in that same journey, we took, I mean, we took a full day to do nothing but walk through those countries and in that same day that we ran into the candy maker um, that everybody talks about and she made a monkey for the girls and something else a very artistic candy that you really didn't want to eat because it was and i think that was in the china um, um pavilion and then um just some really unique opportunities for the girls um some of them took really a great interest in them and really asked the girls about their culture and then shared their the, the culture from their country and the differences. It was just a good day and probably one of my fondest memories from Epcot. Yeah, um, those my kids loved those uh, those little passports when they were smaller too. That was really cool, and um, yeah, I, that's all that's all good stuff. So, um, I, my, I'm, my next thing on my list is kind of a, and this is really just a, 
a, a broad subject. I'm going to try and not talk about it for an hour. Uh, but for me, uh, what made Epcot special were the original attractions, the original um, pavilions, especially in Future World. Um, the, you know, Horizons and World of Motion and the original Journey to Imagination and uh, the original uh, Universe of Energy and the original, I could just go on and on, the original Living Spaceship Seas. Earth. You had the Hydrolators of the Living Seas and the original Spaceship Earth. Well, maybe not the original. I didn't see the original. Uh, it was the Walter Cronkite version uh, by the time I got there in 1985. But uh, for me, that I kind of consider that the original. It's my original for sure. But uh, who did? They, and I know I should know this, but I don't. Who was the original? And well, there's actually contention about that because uh, there's not really any anything like documentation or data or anything like that on uh, who did it. There's a couple of uh, a couple of names that pop up when uh when people talk about the uh the original voice for uh the original spaceship earth and but there's no consensus um the they say vic perrin is supposedly the the name of the person that uh was the original voice but some people disagree with and and it, it slips my mind who the other name was um I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it's uh, most people think it was Vic Perrin and Vic Perrin is uh, he was a uh, he was famous back in the 80s. I, I don't recognize that name because, you know, in 1982, I was eight years old. So uh, I probably wouldn't have been familiar with stars of the 70s and 80s. But Vic Perrin is kind of who most notably or most most people think was the original voice and i never experienced the spaceship earth with the original uh the original narrator so and like i said i can't recall that other name that those are the there's two names that people uh most commonly think was the original voice um the walter cronkite version started um it the original voice only lasted for maybe like two years. Mm. Um, the Walt, Walter Cronkite voice over narration started uh, in eighty three or eighty four or something. It was um, it, it it changed pretty quickly, and then Walter Cronkite was the the voice for for uh, quite some time. Uh, I guess about a decade. Uh, Jeremy Irons was the 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 one after Walter Cronkite. But that's the one that I remember was is the Walter Cronkite one. But um, those original attractions, man, it's like and and kind of to speak what what you said, seventeen or eighteen year old Ron was thinking that you know you wanted um, uh, fast and speed and and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, thrill rides, thrill rides. That's what I was looking for, and uh, I was. 11 my first time there and i was uh when i was younger i was a little bit um it took me a while to warm up or to, i guess to get brave enough to ride thrill rides um I, I didn't even go on space mountain my first trip there i was too scared oh, to go on wow. space mountain 
So I was not looking for thrill rides when when I was 11. I, I hadn't uh, become a daredevil yet, I guess you could say, when I was 11. So I really just fell in love with the original attractions of uh, of Bebcott Center. Those future world attractions, like I said, I listed them all. Um, every single one of them was different and unique. You know, I mean, even just walking up to the buildings, the buildings look like yeah. nothing you had ever seen before. You know, uh, Spaceship Earth, giant golf ball. <laughs> never, never seen that before. You know, um, Horizons look like a UFO or a spaceship. It was like that weird, um, almost, I don't know, pentagonal or something. You know, when you look at it from the front, it may be a diamond. I don't know. I don't even know. You know, but buildings didn't look like that, you know, and then you had universe of energy had all the solar panels on the top and you know 11 year old dewey from arkansas had never even heard of a solar panel before what the heck is that you know yeah. and, and you know just those are original attractions they looked different they sounded different some of them like horizons even smelled different spaceship earth had the you know the the sulfur smell of rome burning i mean it was just amazing the original attractions were just unlike anything anywhere else in the world, especially 11-year-old, you know, country bumpkin Dewey from Arkansas. Man, it was just a whole nother world, and literally. And I, I, it just intrigued me. And, uh, it, you know, here I am uh, uh, almost 50 years old, 40 years later or 35 or whatever from my first trip, and I'm still – basically obsessed with Epcot. Like I just absolutely love it. And part of what I loved about it was those original attractions and man, uh, and with zero, uh, zero exception, 100%. I can say this, uh, this next statement I'm going to say with 100%, uh, I completely believe this statement 100%. No doubt in my mind. Every single attraction that has been changed at Epcot Center is inferior to its predecessor. Without fail. Every single one. Um, you know, World of Motion, better than Test Track. Hands down. The original Spaceship Earth better than as much as I still like Spaceship Earth because it's still got the same theme. The original ones, just, it's better. It's better. Uh, Living Seas, Nemo's great, but the Living Seas with the hydrolators and the, the you know, we've talked about the, the video, you know, and it rained. We've talked about that, right? Uh, better than the Seas with Nemo. Uh, Universe of Energy, now I haven't been on Guardians of the Galaxy and I hear it's great, but uh, I doubt they're going to change my mind that it's better than uh, Universe of Energy. Uh, Mission Space, Ron, hold on to your seat. Don't I'm get upset. Better. Mission Space, fun. But Horizons, all day, every day, 365 days a year, Horizons was a better attraction than Mission Space. There's just, I'm, I believe that 100% in every single example the original attraction better than what it is now so but would you agree so let me ask you this because i don't i'm not i'm not challenging your statement because 
for you, that's true. Even if I don't agree, for you, those attractions are better. But would you agree that had they added on mission space, added on test track, added on all the the and kept and we talk about it we talk about um refurbished don't replace and and mm-hmm. and they obviously have plenty of land to do this do you think it would have made it better or do you think it just would have been too much to take in and in the museum in the theme park would just have outgrown itself dude can you imagine i'm gonna i'm gonna answer your question ron can you imagine a park that had test track and world of motion? Can you imagine a park that had horizons and an updated horizons and mission space? You know what I mean? Like imagine that park, imagine yeah. a park that has, and, and Disney has this weird concept of, they think that they're controlling crowds by leaving you in line. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, you're going to have happier guests if you have more attractions so that the guests only wait 15 or 20 minutes for a ride or attraction rather than an hour. Like Especially at today's costs. Yes, absolutely. That improves the, the overall guest experience. Add attractions. Like, I'm not mad that Tiana is getting her own ride over at, uh, at Magic Kingdom. I love Tiana. Great movie. But why do we have to sacrifice an amazing ride to get it? You know? Same thing at Epcot. Why do we have to sacrifice amazing rides, amazing attractions, amazing experiences? Why do we have to sacrifice them to get a new one? Add so, stuff. Add yeah. stuff. It's not. So that you hard. don't think anything ever runs it run its course, though. Look, I'm not saying. Look, the horizons that attraction we have met that future and surpassed that future. I get that. It's not the future anymore. So update it. You know what I mean? Or you could. It was. It was funny. You know, the the look at the history that Horizon, or not history, the look at the future that that Horizons gave us was kind of a joke. Like, we, it, it, that the robot butler, you know, and, and all that, and the, you know, it was all like a, a tongue-in-cheek look at the future. So I, I never took it as, I didn't think Disney was trying to predict that, like, we're going to have a robot butler. You know, I didn't, that, that's not what I thought when I wrote Horizons. When I wrote Horizons, I was like, this is fun. This is, yeah. you know, ha, 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 look, the, the cat's drinking the milk that the, you know, the, the dishwasher lady robot spilled or whatever. You know, was, there is a place at Epcot Center that where Horizons is still relevant. And if they needed to update, you know, one of the, one of the big scenes at the end was um, before you got to the choose your own adventure was the uh, the gigantic screen that had all the crystals and mm-hmm. and stuff on it and, and you know you can update that stuff and um but imagine a park imagine Epcot that has you know six or eight more attractions additional attractions rather than 
taking away something and putting something in its place. Imagine how amazing that part could be if they added Test Track and they added Gardens of the Galaxy or whatever. Imagine that part, dude. Yeah. That part would blow you away. And that's that's what I'm saying, you know? Um, not saying that Test Track is not great or Mission Space is not great. And not saying that Horizons and World of Motion couldn't have used a refresh, couldn't have used a fresh coat of paint and, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but especially now in 2022, you know, uh, Horizons closed for good in, in 03, I think, 2003. And, you know, it was already kind of outdated. It wasn't the future anymore, you know, in 2003. But in 2022, now, if we wrote Horizons today, I think we'd be belly laughing. You know, it would be, you know, because that that's a future that we've already passed. It's not the future. Right. So I think, it, you know, I would still hit, if Horizons were there, it would be a ride that I would get on every single time I went to uh, Epcot Center. And uh, I think that those original attractions... Uh, were good enough and could still be relevant today. I, I really do believe that. They were that groundbreaking, that unique, and that entertaining that I think that they would still. I, I Just sitting here listening to you, I, I think it would be very cool if they couldn't pull some of what they predicted the future to be and and put that beside what became reality. I think that would be a fun, interesting um, attraction to me. Absolutely. That sounds fun. That sounds a lot of fun. So so that's the second thing on my list is just the concepts of the original attractions. How, how absolutely amazing uh, they just, just amazing they were. Um, yeah. Man, so good. So, so good. I miss you, World of Motion. All right, Ron, up to you, buddy. Um, so I've been struggling with which one I want to go with. I think I've landed on – there's two pavilions at the front of Epcot, and I'm sure they've changed and, and do stuff in there different all the time just because it's very agile, I think. and but we were there, and I really can't remember when this trip was. But I was very interested in the Segway, and they had you could ride or practice the Segway in there, and had the worst Disney cast member ever help me with that. But I digressed. I won't go into that. <laughs> um, that's another the one story. I, yeah, that's another story. But um. Anyway, so that was something that I, the pavilions were something that were really, really had some real opportunity to learn um, and understand concepts that weren't completely available yet. And I'll never forget running across a spot and you could actually they were talking about recycling 
and you had the opportunity to build your own robot, much like much like when you would go into downtown Disney and and put a bucket of potato head together and you just keep picking everything and and then you get to assemble. But this, believe it or not, guys, you could walk out of this pavilion with your very own robot robot for free. Wow. And you could as you watch him being made because it was just plastic being formed and it spit it out into these bins and you could pick different colors for your robot. You could pick the body to be one color you could pick. And, and honestly, it was the coolest thing and it was 100% free. Hey, uh, Ron, um, when you get something free at Disney world, I, I think that they actually call that theft. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> nowadays you're you're absolutely right because there was actually another pavilion and I've it's where Soren is now. The kids could go in and learn how to bake um, chocolate chip cookies. It was sponsored by Nestle, and we walked out of there with some cookies. I don't remember how. I mean, we got some too. So the kids got more than just one cookie. So that was kind of cool too. And don't forget the cool off station over there in that section where you can. I don't know that I know about the cool. The, off. Yeah. The, the free, the free soda. It's oh yeah. 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 Where you could try Beverly. Yeah. I, I, the first in, uh, the first instance of that was called ice station. Cool. Yeah. You guys remember that yes. when it was yeah. over on, uh, on future world West, it was on that side. Um, and you had to walk through the cave. You remember you walked through the cave mm -hmm. and you saw the frozen caveman holding the Coca-Cola and stuff. Yeah, that was super cool. I so missed. this is interesting. I We live about two hours from Atlanta and Coke's headquarters are in Atlanta and they have a place called World of Coke and you can go in there and they have something very similar to the ice station cool. Um and I went in, one, my shoes almost came off my feet because it was so sticky. And, <laughs> um, and um, but I was looking for Beverly and they didn't offer it there, surprisingly. Yeah, I've, I've been to that too, the, the World of Coke. Um, gosh, it's probably been a decade now that I've been there, but uh, I agree. Um, kind of the same as... Um, Kind of the same as Ice Station Cool or Club Cool is was the yeah. they changed the name of it. Kind of the same, but um, not quite the same. Didn't have that uh, that same Disney feel. So you know, and not getting Beverly there is is just an example of how it's uh, a little bit yeah, different. Exactly. All right, Tony, you want to drop in here with your uh, your last part of uh, Epcot, your favorite memories or your favorite parts of Epcot over the last forty years? Sure. Actually, I'm just going to add a little bit on to what Ron was talking about right now. And that was back in 1995, Epcot was celebrating Epcot 95. Not really sure why that was a thing, but uh, I remember visiting one of those pavilions in the front there. And my sister and I, my sister had moved to Florida five years prior to that. And my sister and I had gone through some of those different exhibits, just trying them out as a joke. And we came across this room that was all full of computers. And on that computer, Ron alluded to this earlier, uh, there was the ability to chat from one end of the room 
to the other. And my sister uh, took one computer at the front and I took one at the back and we were video chatting with each other thinking, wow, this is cool. This is the way we're going to be talking to each other in the future. But in our minds, that future seemed like God, that was going to be years and years and years and years away. It was a miracle that we were able to, to see each other on this machine and talk to each other as if we were video conferencing like they did on the Jetsons. And um, within a year, year and a half, uh, that wow. dream was a, a reality back in 97, 98, when we actually got our own PCs at home and we were able to actually do that. But it's just kind of weird that in 95, when we were there, we just saw that as being, wow, that's, that's going to be the future. That's, that's something, that's the way we'll, we'll keep in touch uh, from that, from now on. And uh, that's the way we all keep in touch. In fact, that's how we're doing this now. So that's kind of neat. But, and, and also Ron, you mentioned the segue, my family, actually, my wife's family had taken the opportunity to rent the and do uh, the tour and do the tour with oh, it. Nice. And I, I don't remember why I didn't do it. I, I know I have horrible balance. So I, I think I didn't really want to try that. Um, but I did stand outside of Epcot and watch them as they came out. And, and I, um, maybe I'll share some photos of them going around the park uh, with that. That seemed like a very cool experience to just be able to, to, um, scoot around the park and see it from that perspective. Um, I also used to have a, uh, my, as I mentioned before, my, my nephew, as well as my niece were both cast members, but my nephew worked at Epcot. He worked at the, um, the, it was a restaurant that existed on the left side and I'm blanking out as to the name of it. When you first walk in and you're about to approach the area, there was a, uh, an odd shaped restaurant there. Do you remember the name of that? Do we by any chance? Uh, the Odyssey. Thank you. The, the Odyssey. Odyssey. Right. Yeah. My nephew worked there and uh, he was dating someone who worked in, um, I guess she was in public relations at the time there. She said that when she used to tell stories that when she and her uh, uh, fellow cast members in the morning would get up for an early morning jog at 5 a.m. before the park would open and they were allowed to just run and use the entire park as their um, workout area. They could just use Epcot. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that must have been really, really special to do. And as I mentioned before, excuse me, again, we've had the, my my niece as a guest. She talked about when she was in the uh, parade, <laughs> excuse me, in the... Um, and, and Millennium Parade. I mean, there's so many fond memories of different times in Epcot. Um, Epcot 2000. I was mentioning this before the show when they met when they had the uh, the word 2000 written above the uh, the sphere itself. Um, we have photos of that and and all the different international festivals that are able to take place there are, are another great thing. But I, I think if, if I were to to just say what to, if i were asked as i have been on the show what was my favorite memory of being in epcot i think it was the one time i had stayed on site again i had gotten some kind of connection um i stayed on site at the yacht club um so, uh, shortly before it opened i'm sorry shortly after it opened i'm saying and i was told that you could get to epcot from there so I said, you know what would be a great time is when uh, the show that's called Illuminations would be on. I said, I'm, I'm going to try leaving my hotel room and walking that so that I can go see Illuminations from Epcot, which I did, but I didn't realize that it was going to be that much of a walk. And I, all I remember was I was walking for what seemed like hours and hours and on end 
but I got to see the entire uh, illumination thing as I got from one end to the other. So that, for me, was my most favorite time that I was in Epcot. Can I do a bonus? Absolutely. Because this one's special in a, in a couple ways. One is it's we had the opportunity. I had the opportunity with to meet Tony at Epcot. Yes. I had the opportunity to meet Dewey at Epcot. And those have been memories that I carry with me very fondly. And you, when you brought the um, Segway tour up, it seems like when we met in front of where Soren is, yes, is it seems like it may not be the case, but it seems like you were killing time during that. It could be when they were on that tour. Yeah, it could be that at the um, same time. Yeah. Anyway, and then Dewey and I had the opportunity. I don't know if you remember this, Dewey. We went to Mission Space though, and I thought we wrote it. I think we wrote it together, but we definitely, what we did at the end, to your point, Tony, about what is now commonplace for us to do, they had stations that almost remain empty now because it's so common <laughs> to be able to send a picture right. to email addresses. And we were part of the Mouse House and Dewey and I took a picture on one of those kiosks incident to email and had a big time with that. So um, those are memories that will always be very fond for me. And I think it's the essence of what, how Disney become becomes and stays so popular is that it's very family oriented and great places for people to gather and enjoy each other's company while enjoying some great entertainment. Yeah, yeah, Ron, I remember we you and you and I got to ride Soren twice because you you had a, a an extra pass for someone who didn't want to ride it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how we had an extra, but we had an extra pass for someone. It's probably another one of those free things <laughs> <laughs> that you that you stole. <laughs> I didn't see I was you know I didn't see the little um automated um payment for the robot. I think maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't use Apple Pay I guarantee in you, Now they would have Apple Pay there. Guarantee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so for my last one um I wanted to talk about Epcot music. And oh, yeah. The music of Epcot Center. And, man, uh, uh, we could probably do, an, I'm sure we can, and we, we probably could, yeah. should, do yeah. an entire episode about the music of Epcot. Um, again, going back to how truly special the those original attractions were. but. Every attraction, and, and, I, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a nerd for this kind of stuff, but I loved that every pavilion had its own logo, and every pavilion had its own theme, and every pavilion had its own theme song, you know? Um, Universe of Energy had, you know, the Universe of Energy, the song, and um, Listen With The Land had the Listen With The Land song, you know? and and 
uh, just fun to be free at World of Motion and uh, you know, Horizon. Oh, goodness gracious, I could. Didn't they also have? Uh, uh, didn't Epcot in general have a, a song that was in the commercial? Like I'm hearing it in my head. Something about celebrate the future hand in hand. That was for the Millennium Celebration. For the millennium. Celebrate the future hand in hand. Absolutely. Um, Is that the and, one where Mickey was on top of the golf ball? Oh. No, that was the that was way before uh, before the Millennium okay. Celebration. Yeah. Um, goodness. Tony, stop bringing up songs because I'm about to bust into song. And, and then we're going to, if I start singing, we're going to lose listeners. But I mean, you'll lose me. What are you talking about? <laughs> not only will we lose listeners, we'll lose hosts. So I'm going to try not to sing. But yeah. Oh, wow. Another song you just reminded me of from the America Pavilion Golden yeah. Dreams. Golden Dreams. I, and me, the one inside. Two the brothers. Two brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, we could talk. Uh, you could have an episode on the American Pavilion. Yeah, in my opinion, absolutely. And eventually, we will. We should, and we will. I'm sure. Uh, but the music, man, the mu- tomorrow's child from oh, yeah. uh, Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, y'all! Um, that music. Uh, you know, each pavilion having their own theme song and. It was just so good. I mean, and, everything. So and in good. addition to the to the uh, to the theme songs, Epcot is also the center where they brought uh, music to be part of the festivities as well. With the the, the Canadian band, I can't think of their name right now. Uh, um, off kilter. Off kilter. If you walk to the to the British Pavilion, there'd be a band doing sixties British music and that looked like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You'd go to another section, and there'd be Asian music, Italian music, and I actually got to see um, uh, Davy Jones from the Monkees. Oh wow! Perform at one of those um, summer festival things. I mean, it's it's a it, the music encompasses both their original stuff as well as the, the the people that they brought in to perform. Yeah. And we just keep scratching the surface, but then you go, if you go at Christmas and they've got ah, the yeah. candlelight, mm-hmm. is it called the candlelight? Candlelight procession. procession. That's right. And I mean, there's so much at this theme park that you just could talk more than the time that we have. Absolutely. So, the mu- I mean, I still listen to the music a lot. Uh, I listen to the music uh, sometimes if I'm if I'm in a bad mood, which I mean, it's not doesn't really happen a lot. But if I'm not having the best day, I guess you could say, um, I'll just throw on uh, a, an Epcot loop off of YouTube or something uh, in my office at work. And, you know, in, every time I come from the classroom into my office and I hear Epcot playing, it just like. It's uh, it like soothes me. It just calms me, or or dude, that would make me want to be at the parks. I'm not sure that would be soothing. Me. Oh, I everything makes me want to be at the parks anyway. I I that uh, all day every day I feel that way. So what is wasn't it the precursor to like kind of new age and spa type music that they you know like if you go if you listen to spa music it's pretty much you feel like you're in Epcot. Oh yeah, absolutely. The and and I wanted to touch on some of the um because uh, really what it is is the area music or the background mm-hmm. music that you hear around the park the loops uh yes those loops um you know a lot of that is um is 
the word law, I lost the instrumentals, mm-hmm. uh, instrumentals from, from the attraction. So it, instead of mm-hmm. hearing, you know, you know, the universe of energy song with the lyrics, it was just instrumentals of the, um, of the, some of the attraction songs, you know, so that was really cool. Um, there are, and one that really, and this is why I wanted to, um, wanted to talk about the music is because it, it really brings me back to, um, specific memories, um, is the, the entrance loop, the front entrance mm-hmm. loop at, um, uh, of, of Epcot is um, one of the songs that plays a, a lot through there, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it. I don't know exactly how it's pronounced because I'm not sure it's a real word, but it's um, uh, Papillion is a song that you hear a lot around the front entrance. And um, and if you, you may not know it by the name of me just saying it, but if you heard the song, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but another one is uh, is the instrumental version of Tomorrow's Child, and mm-hmm. um, I, I can remember what was probably, and maybe it's just the nostalgia of it for me. Uh, probably one of the last trips that I took, we took as as a family before, um, not necessarily my my wife and my kids. That family, I'm talking about my family. Uh, my mom and my dad and my brother and me. Um, I can remember just uh, walking around the front of uh, Epcot Center, around uh, around Spaceship Earth, like in that courtyard and stuff. And the instrumental version of Tomorrow's Child uh, playing, and um, it reaches this high crescendo. Uh, near the end when the when the lyrics are done and stuff and uh, if you don't mind I'm going to play it here for a second mm-hmm. just play Please a little bit it. of it and um, you guys will probably recognize it and uh, let me know uh, if you do or if you don't and uh, and then I'll explain the, the the memory to you here in just a second All right, so I'm sure you guys are familiar with that music. I'm sure you've probably heard it before. Uh, but that, when I hear that, uh, it just, I can remember, you know, one of those last trips when the four of us, you know, my parents and me and my brother uh, are there. I can I can picture it in my mind uh, of us just hanging out around that, you know, that uh, the front entrance, Epcot Courtyard. And that song just, instantly brings me back there you know that song you know that they play that a lot on that uh background music entrance loop and stuff and every time i hear that song man it just it just takes me right back there and uh you know great memories and stuff and um that's just one example of how much i absolutely just love the music of epcot you know the attraction music the background loops the you know, the music around World Showcase that would play before uh, Reflections of Earth would start. And just, you know, you don't 
hear music like that anywhere else. You know, it's it's just, and when you hear it, you instantly know, oh, that's Epcot. You know, at least I do because I'm a huge Epcot nerd. But I just absolutely love uh, all that music and uh, from Epcot, and I love how when I hear it, it just can instantly magically transport me back there to those places and those times and uh, and those memories so uh well i think disney has has captured the the power of music and they definitely understand how music can take you back to a specific time in memory uh i just absolutely love it and i'm i've said before i'm i'm almost practically obsessed with it so uh, I appreciate you guys indulging me for a minute or two. Let me play the, let me play that music for a few seconds. So, uh, so now you, you haven't been there in in a, a couple of years now, and so now when you return, are you looking forward to hearing that what they've got, or are you? So I, I really, I'm not even, I'm not 100 percent sure I'm actually ever going to see Harmonious in person because at D23 a couple of weeks ago they announced that uh, Harmonious. Uh, will be ending when the 50th anniversary celebration ends. Oh, okay. And uh, that's odd. <laughs> well, uh, it's not odd if you, okay. So if you listen to the words that Josh Amaro said in the panel, then it might seem odd because, you know, Reflections of Earth lasted 20 plus years. Yeah. And you know how Disney hates to spend money, right? Um, they like making it more than they like spending it. So they, you would expect that something that as expensive as harmonious would probably play for a decade. And that's what you would expect. And Josh Amara, uh, at that D 23 panel, the parks panel, uh, made it seem like it was their intention all along for it to be just a 50th anniversary celebration. Uh, the show for Harmonious and and for that matter, uh, Disney's Enchantment over uh, in Magic Kingdom. Uh, but my uh, my opinion is that uh, the gigantic backlash yeah. from uh, uh, Disney fans mm-hmm. over uh, just how generic and not special. Like what we were just talking about, the opposite of what we just said. The opposite of what we just said, absolutely. How it was just pushing the IP stuff. That's all it is. Uh, it's just IP, you know. And don't get me wrong, I love me some Disney yeah. music. Um, but when you're talking about a park like Epcot, which celebrates uh, the world and humanity and Earth, and that you're not, it's not necessarily supposed to be just about um, Moana and Frozen. It should be about what the park represents especially if it's heading towards a 40th anniversary which you know is is significant it's not one of the big ones like 50 but it's a significant thing in a time when they should be reflecting on what the park itself represented absolutely so uh to your point tony when you said that that seems odd uh i agree it does seem odd because that's what i meant in terms of yeah you're right from for us, it seems odd because we know how expensive Harmonious was. You know, they built yeah. those gigantic uh, uh, barges, barges. Yeah. and the 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 Stargate, <laughs> the thing in the center it looks like Stargate. Um, you know, you know that stuff is not cheap. 
and it's not cheap to you know have to create a production like harmonious but um uh the you know the the fans have spoken and that it's not special it's not resonating with people the way you know reflections of earth clearly resonated with people because it played for two decades and uh so they're they're they've announced that harmonious will be going away and I think that uh, the rumor is is that Epcot Forever is going to come back for a little while for a limited engagement while they prepare whatever harmonious, uh, whatever will replace harmonious. So, um, featuring songs from Strange World. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll see harmonious or not. Um, uh, to answer your question, Tony. Um, Sure, I would like to see it, um, but I, I won't be sad to see it go. I hope whatever they replace it with is more of a traditional uh, kind of back to the basics, back to the the original concept of Epcot. I hope they do something like that and bring in something that is unique and special for Epcot because, you know, honestly, that's what Epcot deserves. Mm. All right. So uh, you guys, you guys have any other parting thoughts or anything that you want to share or anything that might have popped back into your head about uh, Epcot Center before we close this segment and move on to the next? Well, as a matter of fact, this week we've reached out to some of our special guests, in particular, the four guests we've had on our show over the past year, and we asked them to share their personal favorite memories of Epcot. So I'm going to share some brief comments from them here, but after the show, you can listen to them in their entirety. And this weekend, October 1st, in honor of Epcot's 40th, we plan to have a complete video of their comments on our YouTube channel. So be sure, listeners, to go check those out. Leave us a comment. Leave us, let us know what you, th- what you think. And also, let us know what your favorite Epcot memory is. So listen, before we move on to our next part of the show, here are Jenny... Aiden, Trisha, and Matt sharing some of their favorite Epcot memories. Former cast member Jenny was in the original cast of the Epcot Tapestry of Nations Parade. You can hear our full conversation with her on episode 16. For today, Jenny shares her favorite moments from Epcot as a cast member and as a regular guest. So I would say that my favorite memory as a cast member at Epcot would be when we got to see Reflections of Earth um, before anyone else got to, any of the guests did. Um, And as a guest, my favorite part about Epcot would be the Food and Wine Festival. I always loved going around and tasting all the different foods and wines from all the different countries. It's always my favorite time of year. Aiden who runs the social media site Theme Park Life, was a guest on episode 29, our Disney March Madness show. Hey, WDW Reflections friends. It's Aiden, your buddy from Theme Park Life fan page. I just wanted to say how happy I am that you're doing a show specifically about my favorite theme park in the world, Epcot. And uh, some of my favorite memories of the park, particularly the early days, Uh, Of course, like most of you, I do love all of the slow-moving Omnimover rides that were there early on in the park. Uh, I also really loved the World Key area where you'd go and speak to somebody on a video phone, 
to do your dining reservations. I know that that was something that really blew my mind the first time that I saw it as a kid. But I think really my, my favorite memories of that park are uh, the first times when I feel like I really got it. And uh, I just remember this feeling of inspiration, uh, of, of walking out at the end of the day feeling like really anything was possible. Uh, it got me very excited for what the future holds. And uh, yeah, it just sort of made me feel really warm and fuzzy in a way that a theme park never had before. So I'd say that's kind of my, my favorite memory of early Epcot Center. Trisha Dobb is a Disney author and has the honor of being our very first special guest. She has many favorite moments to share and will include more after the show. So stay tuned. And remember, you can catch her full video on our YouTube page. Listen to our in-depth conversation with her on episodes 12 and 13. So my first Epcot memory that I want to share is actually in relation to my book, Tasting the Magic from A to Z. I was at Epcot in 2017 uh, at Chefs de France and had the opportunity to interview the head chef, Bruno, that has worked at Epcot at Chefs de France since it opened. He actually worked with Paul Bocuse and he was trained under Paul Bocuse and Paul Bocuse brought him to the US to work at Epcot. And it was really exciting to get the opportunity to meet Bruno, chat with him about his favorite foods at Disney, and then to be able to go back, uh, I believe it was one or two years later, and to meet Bruno again and show him the book and that he was interviewed, and he actually signed a copy of the book for me. To hear about Trisha's second favorite memory, stay tuned after the show for a replay of her entire message. Now Matt was our very special guest from the 501st Legion, who discussed the influence of Lucasfilm in Disney parks way back in episode 18. Matt had a long list of favorite moments, and you can listen to all of them also at the end of today's show, and also watch them on YouTube to see some of the photos he'll be referring to. But here's a bit of his reflection. Uh, one of the things, uh that I remember fondly is in 1991 on top inside of Dewey's favorite, the world of motion, we got to go into the employee lounge. So it was sponsored by GM and a good friend of mine that I played baseball with his dad worked for GM. So we got his uh, employee pass and we were able to go into the lounge on the top. You know, remember this is 1991. So technology wasn't that great. And they had a camera on the outside and you could just, they were showing what the outside was like. So the little plaza outside of uh, World of Motion. And they had drinks and you can see a old monitor sitting there of a computer you could use. Big box, boxy thing, probably like a Commodore 64 or something along those lines. So we got to go inside, which was pretty neat. Now during this, uh, and you can see me sitting there with my glasses and the flip up shades and my MGM Studios hat, and we're in the fanny pack. Now, what was significant about this trip, it was right, it was May of 1990. So we went down on May 26th. My mom's birthday was the 27th. On May 25th, the day before we went down, the Pittsburgh Penguins won their first Stanley Cup. And you can see me wearing my Penguin shirt right there. So that whole trip with so many things going on between the hockey team winning, 
And uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so that's why they're my you know, favorite hometown team. My mom's birthday and getting to go into the lounge, a lot of fun. We also got to miss school, which leads to the next thing of my older sister. She was in seventh grade. Part of whenever we, you know, my parents took us out of school at the end of the year of whenever the, her teacher said, well, she's missing school. And they said, oh, it's educational. So we were staying at the Yacht Beach Club. You can see Epcot is right behind it. So it's a five minute walk to Epcot. So part of what we did is that one day we went back and we all went to swim and my dad and my older sister went to Epcot and they walked around the countries and my sister said something little about each of the countries to get her educational um, fix in for uh, to be able to get out of school at the end of the year. One of the bad things that ever happened there, although it was kind of our fault, we had a fast pass for soaring. Although I always do like soaring over California much better than soaring around the world. But we were doing some other things. We were in line, our fast pass time came up and we got right to, you had an hour after your fast pass time started. We got there like a minute after our time ended. We could not use our fast pass for soaring, which was so disappointing one time so we had to go wait in a stand standby line so we had to wait a whole it wasn't too crowded that day so it was only about 30 minutes as opposed to waiting you know about 10 minutes but hope you enjoyed my reflections on epcot we'll see you real soon thank you matt and aiden and trisha and jenny for taking the time out to share your epcot memories with us and remember we would love to hear from more of you out there so make sure you contact us we'll give you the details at the end yeah, of the show Absolutely, I would love to hear uh, some of uh, some of the favorite things that uh, our listeners, some of the things they think about when they reflect on the history of Epcot Center over the last forty years. And may it last forty plus more. May we last forty plus yeah. more? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> that's why I said plus. <laughs> All right, y'all. So. Uh, let's switch on over to the next segment of our show. And uh, we like to talk about each week. We like to hear uh, what's happening around Walt Disney World. And in keeping with this uh, this theme of Epcot's 40th anniversary, uh, just a couple of days ago, looks like uh, I think it was on September 22nd. So two or three days ago. Um, Disney released a, a short little uh, video and some pictures of what they have in store for fans for the uh, 40th anniversary of Epcot. Some 40th anniversary uh, merchandise. You know, uh, Disney never, never lets a, an opportunity to put out new merchandise pass them by, right? So, but what's cool about it is. Uh, I think that they're they're hearing old guys like me and you know talking about how much they love the the vintage and the retro stuff. So a lot of this new uh, merchandise coming for the 40th anniversary is uh, kind of retro. So uh, really cool stuff. They released some pictures of hoodies and zip up hoodies and t shirts, uh, all of which have 
uh, a retro Epcot Center vibe. All of the um, original pavilion logos are on a lot of this stuff. So, you know, I'm nerding out about that. Um, uh, a lot of figment, a lot of figment is uh, prominent on some of the stuff coming out. Um, water bottles and Mickey ears and long sleeve tees and all kinds of stuff that has, you know, the, the Epcot 40 logo on it. And um, it's all really, you know, bright colors and stuff like that. And uh, it's hard to explain here in the audio version of uh, of our podcast. We'll throw up some pictures so you guys can take a look at it in the video, uh, the video podcast that we will also put on our our YouTube channel. But uh, it's really cool to see lots of vibrant, bright, vibrant colors. And for me, the coolest stuff is that it's uh, pretty retro. It's got lots of uh, all the old like. Uh, pavilion logos and stuff so uh fellas if you... no, go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm surprised that they i'm i'm only looking at it now uh to answer your upcoming question or to presume what you were gonna ask but um I, i'm surprised that they were waiting to release the stuff after the anniversary i would have thought that they'd give this to you now so that you can go to the park next month and have it to go to wear yeah we're only um we're only just a, About week, a week away yeah uh the the Disney Parks blog is where our, mm -hmm. where I saw this released, and it actually says in the the article that accompanies all of the the photographs is that the collection will debut on October first, and then additional items will arrive throughout the month. So this Do you know initial, if it's going to be available on Shop Disney as well, or just exclusively in the parks? Um, I can look at it. Um. Let me see. Just trying to scan through the uh, the article here real quick. I don't see doesn't really anything. Say. Um, it doesn't really say anything yeah. about the uh, if it's going to be available on mm -hmm. on their app or on Disney Shop or whatever. Um, but it does say the collection will debut on October first. Doesn't say specifically. Um, the only thing it does say, oh, I, I, I stand corrected. Uh, in honor of the 40th anniversary, we're launching the Epcot 40th anniversary collection at Creation Shop, which is okay. the new the new shop at Epcot, with select items available at shopdisney.com. So uh, I guess that uh, it will eventually, uh, some of it at least, will be over at the... Uh, um, at shop Disney and you'll be able to get some of that. Can't stuff. just it say just, my wife and I have talked about this uh, from time to time. It, it, it's, it's too bad. They don't put the merchandise that they sell in the parks somewhere available online. I mean, maybe if they don't want to sell it, unless you have a ticket, maybe let you have a ticket, uh, show your ticket or something to allow you to, to be able to do it. Cause you don't want to buy everything while you're at the park. And you might think about something once you're home that you're, you're going to have to look for some second party to do it for you. It'd be nice if they, if they, just made the stuff available for you when you got home. Some of it will be, uh, yeah. and even by the by this um, uh, by this article, it says select items will be. So mm -hmm. um, I guess at this point we don't know what is Which going ones? to be available. Yeah, but uh, some of it will be, and I guess we'll find out on October first. Uh, pretty cool stuff. I'm excited because I love me some retro 
love me some retro Epcot stuff. And I'm glad to see that Disney recognizes that uh, some of us, you know, old Our school old. Epcot nerds <laughs> uh, enjoy those uh, those retro, the logos, the pavilion logos. You know, they brought those back. The the um, the entrance plaza there has the flags with the original um, uh, original pavilion logos and stuff on it. So really, there wasn't much for the 35th anniversary. Um, it, those of you watching the show, uh, I'm actually wearing um, my 35th Epcot 35th anniversary t-shirt right now. And I have a t-shirt and I have a, a magnet that I got for the 35th anniversary. And that was about it. There wasn't a ton of merchandise for the Epcot 35th. So hmm. uh, I'm pretty excited about the uh, the 40th anniversary stuff. And do, you just reminded me uh, when you mentioned the merchandise stuff before the show, we were talking about some of the merchandise that we had um, that some of the souvenirs that we had brought home from the parks in, in previous years. You have a few things to show up there, but uh, this is the only real thing I have from Epcot and I didn't I didn't bring it home. Somebody from my office had gone to Epcot in like the early 80s and brought this uh, mug from me. You can see it says Epcot Center on there. So this is way back. It's a, it's a relic from from that time. It's a little shiny metal cup. I don't really use it for that. I used to use it on my desk for pencils and things like that. But you have a couple things. Uh, yes, I um, uh, I actually bought uh, so a couple of these things. I bought myself when I was uh, there. Uh, for example, the uh, I have this uh, from the year two thousand. This is from the the uh, Millennium Celebration. It's for those of you listening, it's like a, a small little snow globe type thing. Mm -hmm. Sort of. It's a uh, just a little paperweight kind of thing for your desk. It's a. Uh, oh, there got, we go with the celebrate the future hand in hand because there's that's mm -hmm. hands. That's exactly and, what this is. It's yeah. Mickey's hands holding um, with Spaceship the Earth, but uh, it's so it's it's obviously Spaceship Earth because yeah. it's you know got the 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 shape or the you know the design but it's uh, painted like a globe. So you right. see all the continents and stuff. And this is from the year 2000. Uh, that's something I brought home myself. And then just a couple of things that I, you know, uh, have collected over the years. Uh, this is a, let's see if we can get the, this is a Epcot Center World Showcase. It's hard to get this stuff with the green screen to show, but this is a license plate. Um, it's a pink license plate. It says around the world in a day in an Epcot center in huge letters. And over here, it's got the, um, uh, it's, um, uh, a stylized, uh, picture of uh world showcase. And you can see some of the pavilions and, uh, and then this is one, this is one of my favorites. This is, um, for the 10th anniversary another license plate. This is a uh, 1982 to 1992. <laughs> Epcot Center 10th anniversary license plate. Wow. Uh, still still wrapped in plastic. I don't plan on putting this bad boy on the front of my car. Um but uh just a couple of things that uh that I've got over the years. I still have my um this is one of my favorite things. Ooh, this is a um this is I can't figure out how to get it to show. There we go. Um, so this is a book. It's all about Epcot Center, Walt Disney's Epcot Center. It's called uh, Creating the New World of Tomorrow. And it's just got a uh, it's a whole 
picture book of just about Epcot. So, um, and this is, so like here's some universe of energy stuff. Uh, um, there's the universe of energy page and everything. So uh, really cool. Just, you know, just a handful of things that I've collected over the years. Cause I love, I love me some vintage Epcot. So uh, I, I've already warned my wife um, that um, we may have to forego eating in the month of October because I'll, I'll be spending a few dollars on some Epcot 40th anniversary merchandise uh, coming up in October 2022. So I'm excited about that stuff. So He's going to splurge uh, on the mouse ears that have the uh, Spaceship Earth in the middle with the yeah, I'm not a. Um, I'm, I'm, that's a joke. I know, I know. I I do have some mouse ears. Uh, we wore them, you know, when my kids were little. We we wore them all together as a family. Uh, I don't wear mouse ears a whole lot now, especially not the red sequined mini mouse ears that I see here highlighted for the 40th anniversary. Um, <laughs> not sure if I'll be getting those, Tony, but there are a few other things I'll probably be getting. Most definitely. Ron, have you had a chance to take a look at any of that or have you not seen it yet? I just took a look while you guys have been discussing. It looks pretty cool, actually. Y'all going to get anything? What are you going to get? I'm probably not getting anything. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Lame. I'm not a big collector, so the stuff I have is normally used, so I don't, yeah, meaning like if if I buy souvenirs, it's normally something I would use. So, I mean, I do have a few knickknacks, but I'm not a huge collector. I'm trying to get away from the knickknacks, um, you know, because, you know, as I've... Uh, have I mentioned to you guys that we plan on moving to Florida in two years, eight months? No, I don't believe we've heard no. that. Oh, okay. Well, hey, um, <laughs> we're planning on moving to Florida in two years, eight months. Oh. And um, so I'm trying to get rid of, you know, I've got... We've been here. You are a collector, Dewey. I am, and uh, I've I don't never. I I thought I knew collectors until I met you. I don't plan on taking all of this stuff. We're downsizing when we move. We're going to get a much smaller house. Um, so uh, the Disney stuff, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep. Uh, but there's a bunch of stuff that, and I've already started the purge. I've been selling some stuff on eBay and everything. Uh, making a lot of donations. Hmm. Have you been selling your NASCAR? Uh, believe it or not, yes. Um, wow. Not my favorite drivers. So you know, I've kept my most of those. But all of the there for a while, I would go to races and and I would get I would find out who's going to be autographing that day, and I would go buy one of their cars, and then I would get in line and meet them. So. Um, I've sold a bunch of those, a bunch of the stuff that was not necessarily my favorite drivers. Um, so I don't, uh, but I've sold quite a bit. So yes, for in preparation of the the move to Florida in uh, two years, eight months, uh, I have been getting <laughs> rid of some stuff, uh, but I doubt I'll get rid of the um, the Disney stuff. But uh, I'm not uh, the knickknacks and stuff. I'm trying to get away from. But uh, hey, listen, I plan on. Uh, living there, working there, and I plan on going to the parks very often. So uh, I, I'm going to these t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. 
uh, I'm going to wear the this kind of yeah. stuff every time I go to the parks, like a giant nerd. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll probably get uh, some of the clothing stuff. I, I like that kind of stuff. Oh, well, I, I probably get one of those t-shirts to wear here on the show for or uh, Epcot stuff. Yeah, I I recently found. I think I told you guys the other day. I recently found my um, a t-shirt from the 25th anniversary, and it's got the oh, the, cool. the pink castle on it. So. Uh, nice. I'm, yes, I'm yes, already yes. thinking about um, how super cool I'm going to look next time I go to Magic Kingdom. I'm going to wear my pink uh, birthday cake castle shirt to the Magic Kingdom. I'm going to be super cool. Uh, so that's what I plan on doing. I'm, I plan on grabbing some of those, um, some of that 40th stuff so that I can be a super cool nerd and wear that to Epcot and stuff uh, for the next 20 or like Tony said, 40, 40 years. Yes, 40 plus years. So um, so that's it for what we wanted to talk about, what's happening around Walt Disney World. Uh, you know, big 40th anniversary of Epcot coming up soon. So we wanted to talk about the 40th anniversary merchandise. Super cool stuff. Um, uh, if my children are listening, I'm sorry you're having to eat mac and cheese and, uh, and uh, you know, bread and water for the next month or so no dinners because i've spent all of our dinner funds on epcot merchandise so sorry about that kids all right so let's switch on over to the last segment of our show this is something we like to call what's your favorite each week one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys those two hosts don't know the question they had a recording and must answer that question on the spot so this week, uh, I think I would take the the what's your favorite question. I'm going to give it to you guys, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see what y'all come up with. So in honor of Epcot's 40th anniversary, I thought I would ask something uh, that is specific to uh, Epcot Center and to Epcot Center's uh, past, I guess you could say. Uh, we're uh, I'm going to ignore the fact that Disney changed to these neighborhoods now. So World Celebration, World Showcase, and World um, Nature. World Nature, I think the other neighborhood is. So those three neighborhoods. We're going to ignore that. We're going to talk about the good old days when it was Future World and World Showcase. So, and a very simple question. What's your favorite between Future World and World Showcase. What's your favorite? Future World or World Showcase? And are we I talking see, now or, or back then? Uh, we're going to, you can, you, your choice. Uh, we're going to pretend the neighborhoods don't exist. And it can be now. It can be World Showcase and Future World. Or it can be Future World and World Showcase from 1987. Doesn't matter. You're, hey, we're the host of the show. We can make up the rules as we go, right? So, your choice. You decide what your favorite is. So let's see. Ron, you're chewing on your finger. It looks like you're still thinking. Or no, that's a pen. You're chewing on a pen. So um looks like Ron is undecided. Tony, you want to go first? Sure, I'll give it a shot. I, this is actually kind of difficult because there are aspects of both sections which we both which we all love. Um, I am going to throw it out there and just say that the um, 
World Showcase is probably my favorite. It's got uh, a lot of variety. Um, I used to love going on the Mexico ride. I used to love going on uh, Maelstrom when it was there. I used to love um, sitting in on the uh, the British experience uh, on the uh, on the one side. I, I just I think I spent a lot of time at that section because that's where a lot of the better food was and and um, and of course the American Pavilion, which is my favorite um, attraction there. So I'd say that section. So for Tony, we have one vote for World Showcase. World Showcase. His favorite. I used to want it to be open. I couldn't wait for it to be open. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still that way, but remember back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's Future right. World opened at 9 a.m., but World Showcase didn't open until 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm not I sure if that's about still that. the case, or I don't know if they still do that or not. Probably not, because, you know, all the, all the nine-year-olds have to get the Frozen Ever After, you know, so it. <laughs> <laughs> probably opens early but uh, i don't remember I, i'm not 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 sure on that so ron you have uh you're no longer chewing your pen it looks like you're ready to answer so um what what is your favorite my friend do you prefer world showcase or do you prefer future world so it's since we're making up the rules oh yeah absolutely totally make it up as as you go Future world with the American Pavilion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, we can make up the rules, but I don't know that we can move a pavilion from the front of the from the back of the park to the front of the park. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that's really that's really making up the rules. He's like, I'm just going to dig the whole thing up. Yeah, there you go. No, I it, with with. I, there's several things I like in the world showcase, but future world is definitely where I would spend my time given an opportunity to have to choose between one or the other. Um, just the, the future and technology mission spaces there. My favorite ride of Disney. Um, the, and you still have some of the old, even though I know you don't see it, Dewey, but I think you still have some of that old classic Epcot that lives there that I still enjoy. Yeah, when I uh, when I close my eyes, I pretend that it's Horizons and not Mission Space. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, I do as well miss some of that um, unique, Disney ways that they had you going to the bottom of the sea with the hydro hydrolators hydrolators and but everything about future world is really what I enjoy most about Epcot and the world showcase is just for me it's just not the focal point all right so uh and good answer Ron good answer uh okay so for me now, if you would have asked me, or if I get, I'm posing this question, so I guess if I had asked me this question pre-1999, I would have said Future World. Because, of course, you know, pre-1999, Future World was World of, World of Motion and Horizons and the Hydrolators and all of that. 
But this answer changed for me in uh, the end of 1999 when they were uh, debuting the Millennium Celebration. And for the Millennium Celebration, they introduced Reflections of Earth. And that uh, nighttime spectacular truly transformed the World Showcase. Uh, what they did then was they, that's when they put up all the torches around World Showcase. And um, the, you know, the whole, the whole story of uh, Reflections of Earth was, you know, and, you know, the guy at the very beginning, you know, the narrator, when he introduced it, he's like, you know, we gather tonight around the fire as people have for, you know, that whole narration. and those um those giant torch towers that uh you know gave off that really you know uh the 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 flames gave off that really cool lighting effect around world showcase and the music that they played around world showcase prior to uh the beginning of reflections of earth that is hands down beyond a shadow of a doubt my favorite place to be, my favorite time of day, everything uh, in any part of Walt Disney World is around World Showcase Lagoon uh, at night when the fire, the torches have been lit and uh, the music is playing and it's before Reflections of Earth. That, um, I, I, I feel like, um, I feel at home almost when uh during that time so now i haven't been uh it's you know be, you know you guys know i haven't been since um uh december of 2020 december 2020 or i'm sorry december 2019 january 2020 uh that was before they retired reflections of earth so i don't even know what um world showcase is like before um, they start harmonious. I don't know what music plays. I know the torches are still there. They didn't take down the torch towers. So at least uh, that amp that ambiance is still there, but I don't know if the music is still the same. I haven't been yet, so I don't know, but uh, maybe it'll all change for me once I, you know, if, if that stuff is gone, but that, that is my absolute favorite. And then, um, uh, so nowadays, uh, my wife and I, and, and you know, my, as my kids have gotten older, we love going around World Showcase and uh, eating the food from the different countries and uh, and all that stuff. So for me, um, since 1999, since the introduction of the Millennium Celebration and Reflections of Earth, uh, my answer would be World Showcase. That is uh, our absolute favorite place to be, and I anticipate. That uh, in two years, eight months, once we move down there, um, that is probably where my wife and I will spend uh, most of the time when we go to the parks. That's probably where we're going to hang out. We're going to be uh, eating some pastries from the French France Pavilion and drinking some German beer and uh, just loving life, living in uh, living at World Showcase. So that's my answer. World Showcase. You know, do you won't find this? You will find this not surprising that 
I can admit that I probably haven't given the World Showcase the true opportunity it's, it deserves. But again, we don't get to go whenever we want to go. So we normally are looking for more thrill and, yes. and things that, that theme parks traditionally offer you. So um, I hope to be able to give the world showcase a little more of my attention maybe in years to come. Well, I know I've said this before, but I, I realize that I have uh, a luxury of yeah. being able to uh, go there because my father-in-law get, you know, gets us there. Uh, I, it's a luxury to be able to go there and not feel the pressure of, you know, oh my gosh, this trip will be ruined if I don't get on Soren or, you know what I mean? Like I get that. Um, it's a luxury that, uh, that not, not everybody gets to appreciate. And I know that I'm very lucky to have that. Um, I know, you know, I, I have gone, you know, back in the day I would, when I was, uh, before I married my wife and stuff, and I always felt the pressure to get everything done in that trip. So there was very little time spent just sitting on sitting on a bench eating a you know a waffle cone or something and you know not running to the next fast pass so uh i i do i get that i understand that not everybody has that luxury i i'm very grateful and very appreciative that uh i do uh have that chance or you know yeah and i wasn't i i mean i know i like to have fun with that and and Yes. Complain, but um, it is, it really wasn't, I was being that way this time. Yeah. Oh, I know. Not I that know. I wouldn't <laughs> be that way, but I, I know you're, <laughs> I know you're being genuine, Ron. I know you, I know it. So uh, that's awesome. So, well, maybe one of these days, uh, the three of us will go down there and uh, the three of us will just spend an entire day or an entire evening at world showcase eating and drinking and uh and uh ron I'll, I'll show you everything i love and why i love world showcase so much there you go i'm looking forward to that day me too all right y'all well that just about does it for this episode of the wdw reflections podcast please find and follow us on all of our social media accounts we can be found on facebook instagram and youtube at wdw reflections podcast and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms. Uh, and it doesn't matter which one you go to, but we just hope that you love and listen to us on your favorite uh, podcast provider. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and it helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us at any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon. Wait, it's not over yet. Stay tuned for Trisha and Matt's complete messages and recollections about their favorite Epcot experiences in just a second. Look for the accompanying videos on our YouTube page during the weekend of October 1st. 
Hi, WW Reflection Podcast fans. My name is Trisha Dobb. I have been very honored to be a guest on the podcast in the past. And Tony Dewey and Ron reached out to me about getting the opportunity to share a memory of Epcot in celebration of the 40th anniversary. Uh, Epcot is hands down my favorite park at Walt Disney World. I could probably share 40 memories. They told me one, so I'm going to share two. So my first Epcot memory that I want to share is actually in relation to my book, Tasting the Magic from A to Z. I was at Epcot in 2017 uh, at Chefs de France and had the opportunity to interview the head chef, Bruno, that has worked at Epcot at Chefs de France since it opened. He actually worked with Paul Bocue and he was trained under Paul Bocue and Paul Bocue brought him to the U.S. to work at Epcot. And it was really exciting to get the opportunity to meet Bruno, chat with him about his favorite foods at Disney, and then to be able to go back, uh, I believe it was one or two years later, and to meet Bruno again and show him the book and that he was interviewed. And he actually signed a copy of the book for me. This is one of my favorite Epcot memories because one, it involved delicious food at France. So that obviously great memory. And also this a unique magical opportunity to talk to a chef that has seen Epcot as a park transform so much over his time that he had been at the park. And at that point, it was about at about 35 years. Okay, memory number two. I like memories where you end up with something to show for it later. And my second memory is actually from 2018. Uh, it was my first time visiting Disney World with a friend. And uh, I was actually there with my Disney bestie uh, at Lilo, the underscore the Lost Princess. Her name is her name is Jamie Nelson. That's her Instagram. Um, and Jamie and I actually met through social media and that have remained friends for years and years. I think we're coming up on five years of friendship, again, having met through Instagram. We were able to visit uh, Disney World. We were there at the same time back in 20, 2018. And one of the cool things that we got to do was go to Festival of the Arts. So here I was in my favorite park at my favorite festival, Festival of the Arts, hands down my favorite festival. Love food and wine. I'm a total foodie. But there's something about Festival of the Arts that I love. And getting to do my favorite thing to do while at Epcot, tasting the magic. Just walking around, trying different foods, exploring the pavilions, going to all the food studios that are at Festival of the Arts. And when you're in Japan, during Festival of the Arts, at least back then, uh, one of the things, if you ordered the uh, cup of sake, it came in this wooden style cup and they would write your name on it and the cast members in Japan would write your name on the box in Japanese. I love this memory because it was so much about everything about what's amazing in Epcot. Trying a new thing, I hadn't had sake before, I'd never drank anything out of a wooden square cup and getting to be in my favorite park during my favorite festival, doing one of my favorite things with my Disney bestie is a memory that you can only really have at Disney World. Thanks for the opportunity to share my stories. Have a great day. Hey everyone. So I want to share some of my thoughts and experiences with Epcot. So I like Epcot a lot. It was, um, 
I liked it earlier, whenever it was more of the education-based Epcot than what it is now. Although now there are still a lot that's fun. Uh, but one of the things uh, that I remember fondly is in 1991, on top inside of Dewey's favorite, the World of Motion, we got to go into the employee lounge. So it was sponsored by GM and a good friend of mine that I played baseball with. His dad worked for GM. So we got his uh, employee pass and we were able to go into the lounge on the top. And they had, you know, you can sort of see it in the background here. There was a big flat screen uh, projection TV. You know, they remember this is 1991, so technology wasn't that great. Then they had a camera on the outside and you could just, they were showing what the outside was like. So a little plaza outside of uh, World of Motion. And they had drinks and you can see a old monitor sitting there of a computer you could use. Big box, boxy thing, probably like a Commodore 64 or something along those lines. So we got to go inside, which was pretty neat. Now during this, uh, and you can see me sitting there with my glasses and the flip up shades and my MGM Studios hat and wearing the fanny pack. Now what was significant about this trip, it was right it was May of 1990 and we went down the day before my mom's 40th birthday. I'm allowed to tell it's her what birthday it was and you know give her age basically because she's never going to see this uh, listen to this podcast so or unless someone else shows her. Uh, but no she wouldn't care. She's old enough that she doesn't care about um, birthdays and you know age and all that stuff. But it was also on May so we went down on May 26th. My mom's birthday was the 27th. On May 25th, the day before we went down, the Pittsburgh Penguins won their first Stanley Cup. And you can see me wearing my Penguin shirt right there. So that whole trip with so many things going on between the hockey team winning and uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so that's why they're my you know, the favorite hometown team. My mom's birthday and getting to go into the lounge, a lot of fun. We also got to miss school, which leads to the next thing of it was my older sister. She was in seventh grade. Part of whenever we, you know, my parents took us out of school at the end of the year of whenever the, her teacher said, well, she's missing school. And they said, oh, it's educational. So we were staying at the Yacht Beach Club. And so over here on the left is the Yacht Club. And over here is the Beach Club. We specifically stayed at the Beach Club in this trip. And you can see how close it is to Epcot. Well, there's a better close uh, view of it. This little shipwreck there is actually a big water slide. You climb up, you slide down into a big pool. And their pool area is really amazing. They have an area that has a sandy bottom. The bottom of the pool is sand. So it's like being at the beach. But it's chlorinated water. You know, it's worried about the fish and, you know, jellyfish and seaweed. But there it is. You can see Epcot is right behind it. So it's a five minute walk to Epcot. So part of what we did is that one day we went back and we all went to swim and my dad and my older sister went to Epcot and they walked around the countries. And my sister said something little about each of the countries to get her educational um, fix in for uh, to be able to get out of school at the end of the year. So the weather's not always great in uh, 
Disney, and one time it rained. This was in 2000, December 2018 that my wife and I went. And instead of buying the ponchos that are, you know, $10 each, we went to a store. We just bought some big garbage bags, and we put those on to act as our ponchos. Just cut sleeve, holes in the sleeves and the head. And we were, you know, fine to go. You can see we also had an umbrella that we stopped at a uh, little souvenir store, you know, store that was just selling all kinds of Disney stuff. And they just happened to have an umbrella there that we used that day as well. You can see the shirt I'm wearing. It's my 501st hockey jersey. So it was waterproof and helps keep warm on the, it was kind of chilly that day. So we were awesome in our garbage bag fashion that day. But to show more, my wife had these little things to go over her shoes to keep her shoes dry. I did not have those. So my shoes got completely soaked. But I don't know if it was on later in this trip or if it was in another trip that I actually went and bought some Disney Crocs because it was about to rain. So I don't remember if I forgot to bring my sandals the next trip and it was about to rain or if it was on this trip later and it was another rain day that I bought them. The problem was they didn't have them my size. So I had to get shoes that were about three sizes too small. So I still have them and I still wear them occasionally, but I can't put the little thing on the back. So my feet hang off. So there's like, you know, glorified slippers, but they have Mickey um, heads on them as the holes, so it just makes it so much worthwhile. And we have used those before uh, in, uh, since this, on another rain day, they just started to rain. So we took off our shoes, we put our um, Crocs and sandals and stuff on, so we didn't have to worry about walking around in wet shoes or wet socks throughout the day. So great uh, pro tip if you're ever going down there for rain, bring not only the poncho, but bring shoes that can get wet without having to, or they can dry easily. Here's another picture of us all in our uh, garbage bags. I had my backpack underneath, so it was taking up a little bit. I didn't quite get my legs covered as my wife you know, had the longer bag. And you can see her shoes. They're covered up with her plastic things. And I got the wonderful umbrella there. But we went all out even more just to make sure we stayed dry because the umbrella wasn't that big. So my wife got another garbage bag and put it on her head just to help keep everything dry so she was really waterproof and you can see the, how much water is sitting there on the ground uh, behind but that was a wet day the nice thing was the lines weren't that long so we got to walk on a bunch of the different rides so that was great and of course whenever we went to uh, Norway I got to try on one of the Viking helmets, and this one did come with little braids, so I uh, definitely don't have that hair, but it looks good, you know? And you can see the 501st shirt there. Now, in Imagination, they have a lounge for Disney Vacation Club members, and I'm a member, so I got to go in there. And so this is inside the pyramid in the Imagination Pavilion, looking straight up. Now in here, they have just a little area to sit and relax. They have some computers, charging stations for your phones and everything. They had a little um, soda fountain so you could get drinks, water, iced tea, you know, lemonade, pop, whatever else you were getting. 
I believe they had some TVs and a little some video games and stuff. But looking out, you can see Spaceship Earth. And the views were pretty interesting. A unique, unique perspective on it. And you can see the monorail track faintly going through here. And then looking over, you can see uh, Test Track. And then this balloon is the Characters in Flight balloon that's over in Disney Springs. Which we've gotten to go up in that too. It, uh, both daytime and nighttime, both are pretty unique uh, perspectives of everything. Seeing everything lit up at night is pretty cool. Uh, but during the day, you can see all four of the parks, all the way over to Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot. You can see everything. And plus, a lot of the resorts stand out. Now, one of the really neat things is, you know, perspectives, things you can see in Epcot. And if you stand by the uh, Showcase Plaza, so in the World Showcase, right where Showcase um, World Showcase connects to what used to be called Future World, now it's World Discovery and World Nature and World Celebration, but right in that plaza, where uh, between Mexico and Canada, and as you walk towards Mexico, so you're pretty close to Mexico in this one, if you look over towards Morocco, you can see the Tower of Terror behind it. And the, they made it that way, the coloring of Tower of Terror, partly the way it is, so that it would fit into this perspective that you can see from Epcot and how it blends in right behind Morocco. And even some of the architecture of kind of the um, minaret here with the curved top and then the spire, you get a little bit of that architectural feel with the Tower of Terror, which is a great architectural design uh, aspect that they build into um, Tower of Terror and the whole thing. So that's pretty neat. Now, other perspectives of other places you can actually see Epcot. So this is from Expedition Everest. As you're going up the lift hill, you know, whenever over, over in uh, Animal Kingdom, if you look off to the left, you can see both Hollywood Studios and Epcot. And so here's a picture you can clearly see uh, Spaceship Earth and that big blue building is the new uh, Cosmic Rewind for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Uh, here is the tower for Coronado Springs. And then off to the side, you can see uh, the Riviera. So you can, the views going up that lift here are incredible. But I always like to take a picture, even though I have like 10 of them, of Epcot and Hollywood Studios. I always take another one. Uh, and you actually see how different things are built with the tower, the Coronado Springs, and the Riviera, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But through the years, you can see different things popping up. And probably uh, most interesting one is coming in on the flight. Now, this is going to be a little bit hard to see, but looking out the right-hand side, if you're coming from the north, looking out the right-hand side of your plane, if you're on that side and have a window seat, you can actually see Walt Disney World. And right here, it's a little bit tough and blurry. It was easier to see with the naked eye. But right there is Spaceship Earth. So being able to see that coming in, you know, that really builds the anticipation. Uh, especially the Magic Kingdom is designed that as you are taking the monorail or the ferry from the parking lot, 
you can see the Magic Kingdom in the distance, you can see the castle, you can see Space Mountain, and it's just supposed to build anticipation. But this has to be one of the your first glimpses of Disney World as you're coming in. But that's all, such a unique view. I just wish I could have gotten a better picture of it if it would have been a clearer day and had a better camera. But those are some of my experiences with Epcot and the things that I've done and seen there. One of the bad things that ever happened there, although it was kind of our fault, is we had a fast pass for Soarin'. Although I always do like Soarin' over California much better than Soarin' around the world. But we were doing some other things. We were in line. Our fast pass time came up and we got right to, you had an hour after your fast pass time started. And they might have even extended another hour after that. We got there like a minute after our time ended. We could not use our fast pass for Soren, which was so disappointing the one time. So we had to go wait in the stand standby line. So we had to wait a whole, it wasn't too crowded that day. So it was only about 30 minutes as opposed to waiting, you know, about 10 minutes. But hope you enjoyed my reflections on Epcot. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>